Hi, this is Ashish here. The times ahead are challenging for companies. With limited marketing budget, how can you stay ahead? How can you own the brand narrative and really cut your marketing budget? Most importantly, should you even be marketing in times like these? You know, when everyone, including your customers, your target audience, they are going through tough times. Here are this interesting conversation between me and Ankur Wariku, co-founder of Nearby, on marketing in the time of crisis. Welcome to the Next Big Watt Radio, where one of India's longest-running media platforms documenting startups, technology, product, and digital transformation. We bring multiple lenses to entrepreneurship, scaling businesses, mindfulness, and much more. Our mission and mantra is singular. Build, grow, repeat. Sure. Cool. Yeah, I've started the recording. Uh, so, yeah, Ankur, welcome. Uh, I think we are talking after almost a few years. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. exactly. I, keep, I keep following you and, and, and your work. It's commendable, but it's glad to finally connect after so many years. Yeah, yeah. So, say, so yeah, um, so I So, I guess you know you are the rock star here. Uh, though, though people know you from your LinkedIn and video posts, uh, but but would love to know the the backstory, what you've been done. I mean, I know the 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 entrepreneurial part of your life, but uh, sure. Before that, so I uh, I I've been. Uh, an entrepreneur now for 10 years. Mm-hmm. This is nearby is my, is my third startup. I, uh, I graduated from business school in 2006, a long time back. I was a management consultant for three years. And in 2009, I started with my first venture um, mm-hmm. and then sold that in 2010, uh, had another gig and then nearby group on first and then nearby yeah. happened. Um, and as of October, of 2019, last year, I, I stepped down as the CEO, and my lovely two founders are now running the show operationally. Mm. I don't envy their position right now at all. It's crazy times, and uh, I am um, enjoying the perks and privileges of being distant from from every action and, and having a very calculated, thoughtful view of how things are. Mm. Okay, uh, guys, can you please mute yourself? Uh, yeah, sorry. I think you might have a way to muting everyone yeah, yeah, in yeah. one go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which you'll have to keep doing. Yeah. So, yeah, so, uh, and, and uh, essentially you have been. Uh, uh, so you, you guys started, uh, you're part of the Groupon India team, right? In the early days. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So so 2011 is when Groupon came to India and, and they came in through an acquisition. They, they bought a company called Sosasta.com. And uh, very quickly, we realized it wasn't a, a very good acquisition. So we almost mm-hmm. got back to the basics. And uh, that's when I came in and I restarted the Groupon India business from scratch. Uh, did that for four years till 2015, and, and then we did a management buyout, buying Groupon's India business and making that into nearby. Right, right. And uh, coming back to the main part, you know, uh, 
your entire uh, so first of all uh, what was the marketing expense I, I, you know I, I remember reading about uh, your entire theory behind uh, creating a personal brand and focusing a lot on it uh, in order to control the marketing budget right so so what was the thesis behind it and uh, uh, you know uh, what was the outcome of it sure so what had happened and, and this is uh, it's a, it's a good backstory might be helpful hmm. for some so so when we started nearby we raised uh, money from sequoia and that was in 2015 yeah and uh, and the minute we raised money what we realized was because it was sequoia and it was a fairly large sum uh, we got written about literally everywhere everywhere possible and i wouldn't say that all that content was even true definitely wasn't all positive and uh, and and it was almost this realization that shit man you you don't even control your own story and you don't get a chance or an opportunity to speak up and speak about what you truly stand for and how so right. in early 2016 we we almost out of a rebellious nature took a call that we want to do something which helps us own the story so that we can reach directly to people without a media without a pr agency without any marketing channel and so on and so forth and just see where it goes and honestly back then our target audience was not uh, customers it wasn't even investors it was potential talent we wanted to reach out to talent that could be working with and for nearby and we wanted to make sure that they understood what nearby was all about what it is to work at nearby in the best and the most honest manner possible hmm. and whatever are our whims and fancies good and bad we want to be directly speaking to them so we thought of creating or at least thinking about content in a big way the reason why we even thought of that is for the longest time groupon used to and i remember at at one of your big seminars and conferences back then uh, i'd spoken about it uh, which was experiential, experiential marketing. marketing yeah yeah right right we 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 loved that idea we loved how we could get more out of less how we could connect to users in a way that money couldn't buy so it was almost like a natural mindset and a dna of the company to think like that uh, and in 2016 we we started with uh, this entire content series i was the face of it because i was a ceo and founder and people thought i could speak well so that's what we began to do and then and it took up a shape and size of its own uh, where you know, it's, it's a fairly big thing now yeah yeah it is it is <laughs> uh uh now uh, what was the outcome of it so where you know what, what did that result in a direct you know slash of marketing budget so uh yes as uh, two things happened one uh, if you the, the primary objective again was was not to reach out to consumers it was to reach out to talent yeah. uh, and to recruit so so we were looking at can we do more with less and uh, today to give you a sense for the last 3 years mm -hmm. uh, we have had a total hr team of two people um, mm -hmm. it's never gone beyond two people we have uh, we've hired close to over these 3 years about 700 people um, all of it has been inbound mm -hmm. we don't work with any agencies we don't pay any recruitment firms anything wow. um, and all of that has been with just two people and are literally aged 22 and 25 like so it's mm -hmm. not that they're experienced and stuff like that so so this literally came in and they're managing the entire show 
But what also began to happen, Ashish, is uh, natural fallout of this outreach was consumers started yeah. to give us a lot more attention. Yeah. Um, so our and and there is no way to to back calculate and to accurately predict this. But if I were to use this as a proxy, our organic share of consumers being acquired every month went from about 30% in 2016 to today about 76%. So almost all the consumers that we acquire today are organic. And we only spend on Facebook and on Google for very select categories that we are still unable to get organically, mm-hmm. but virtually all of the, all of the rest marketing spends uh, are organic, which is why our CAC is ridiculously low. Like we, we, as an e-commerce company, we get a paid customer at about 110 rupees. Wow. Uh, and, and that customer pays for themselves in the first transaction itself. So, so we, we never like, and that's why we've been running with unit economics positive for, for almost two and a half years now. Um, but it's, it's helped us. I, I wouldn't credit all of that to this, mm-hmm. but I think in the, in the time of crisis and I was thinking of what could be the best message I give. Uh, one is clearly if, if you spending any money right now to acquire customers, um, my strong advice, stop. Don't spend any money to acquire customers. Like any dollar that you are spending in performance marketing in the hope that it will give you anything. And there are enough scams that go out which give you not just cost per click, but cost per sale, cost per repeat sale, cost per whatever fuck it is. Uh, all of that is useless right now. Don't spend any money on acquiring customers right now because yeah. they're not in that mindset. They're not in that DNA. And Exactly. Resources. Um, and sorry, go on. So, so I mean, just to add to that, see, I'll tell you honestly, uh, I hate the world of PR. You know, I, I mean, I have a serious issue with uh, the entire PR-driven startups, uh, yeah. largely because uh, in such companies, you know, PR takes precedence over product, Correct. right? And uh, from what I see a lot of companies, early stage startups, they still go ahead and hire PR agencies. Largely because they feel that it's very difficult to get the word across otherwise. Yeah. yeah. So what, you know, so imagine that, you know, uh, I am, you know, I, I, I have raised like say half a million dollars and uh, uh, I can hire PR agency, right? So, uh, so it's, a, it's an easy path to do it, right? So how do I even figure out whether I should take a longer you know, path to go organic versus you know, take something which is fast and easy and it brings you great result. Uh, you know, every media which accepts paid content by not calling it paid, you know, does it, <laughs> it's covering you, right? So, so you know, it, it's a typical question that a lot of founders face and uh, most of them end up going with PR agencies and yeah. um, nothing against PR agencies, just that uh, fundamentally the whole focus shifts from talking about, you know, owning your journey, owning your brand story to suddenly, you know, being dependent on a media. No, you, you're so right here. And uh, Anupama here has asked a question which is yeah. uh, somewhat similar, saying that you know, organic reach is difficult to come by for smaller businesses. You know, with you being a brand, it helps nearby. Yeah. Uh, do remember, and I know it, it's it, it's always easy to think of me as a brand today. 2016, to just give you a sense, I had 2,500 followers on LinkedIn. 
um, and I had nothing on any other platform, like literally 700 on Twitter or something like that. Um, and what you see today is just sheer hard work. It is just being disciplined, being consistent, and being relevant and authentic. So I'll tell you the reason why this is hard to do. It's hard to do because results are slow. They are slow. And everyone who raises money or everyone who is in the well or in the ecosystem or the eco chambers of the startup world will be like fail fast, do fast, grow 10x in one month, one week and shit like that. Um, ask yourself this question, why am I in the hurry of growing fast? Um, and there needs to be a very strong answer to that. And honestly, the, the, the only answer was uh, there is market share that is being thrown about or whatever the case may be. So my, my strong suggestion is if, if you can abstract yourself and distance yourself from the speed at which you want to execute and just focus on where you want to get to, um, these will be the times that will get the best out of it. Like I guarantee you the best startups and, and you know this already, but the best startups will emerge from the next six months in the world. The next six months are going to determine what, startups of the next decade or two decades will be like, uh, and they will, they will be slow. They'll be deliberate and, uh, and uh, they will definitely do the right things rather than bind their way through, through anything. So, yeah. So Anupma has a, has a follow question because, you know, the results are slow, but you know, how do you know that you're moving in the right direction? So one is, so, uh, it, yeah. No, go yeah so, so, so typically, I mean, uh, what, what happens is sometimes people go overboard. Right. So do you put a timeline to it? For, for instance, uh, let's say, you know, you're answering questions on Quora. So do you put a timeline that, hey, you know, 100 days, 100 questions are done. You know, if it doesn't give me results, it's okay. Or, you know. So, yeah, no, and, and that's, a, that's a good question. So I, I, I wouldn't, I, let, me, let me step back. And I think Chirag also had the question of what was the topic marketing yeah. in crisis. Uh, and and uh, the, the topic is marketing in crisis. Uh, it's a different kind of crisis. Uh, and I'll tell you what my one, three bits on that are and I'm going to answer your question. So one is marketing in time of crisis. My, my very strong suggestion is one stop all paid marketing. It's, it's useless. It's not going to give you the ROI. You're wasting your money. You're better off throwing that money off from the balcony and helping some poor people eat. Um, number two, marketing at this point of time is not about you telling consumers what you do, but you telling your current customers that you care. So the best form of marketing right now is in your customer care department. The best form of marketing right now is in your operations team. The best form of marketing right now is the spokesperson who is speaking to the customers right now, telling them that they are up, telling them that they are fighting it out, apologizing for being delayed, owning up to it, but being authentic, not fucking around, not blaming others, not pocketing up fake stories, but just brutally being authentic. And this is the only piece of marketing that works. Like if you go back to all the tweets of Eric, who is the CEO of Zoom, yeah. and just see how brutally humble he is in the face of adversity, it will tell you what marketing is. Because all the retweets that he's getting is not because of Zoom being a publicly listed company or being the thing. It is because that guy is still willing to learn, still willing to put himself out, still willing to do things that make him grow and thus the company. And that is the DNA that will be required. 
But third, and possibly the biggest thing, is to the point that we were discussing, Ashish, I believe strongly that content is the best form of investment you can make oh. as marketing in time of crisis. And that would mean, personally for me, I would not put a timestamp on it. I will not put an outcome attached to it. I will make that a part of the DNA of the company. We will keep putting out content forever, forever. It is not about whether it's working or not. So we will change our ways on what to put out, how to put out, in what shape and form to put out, but we're not going to take a call on whether to put out or not. Yep. That is taken. Starting today, we're going to tell our consumers about everything that we care about, that we're good at, that we would want to. And this is not hobnobbing. This is not you speaking about what the best things you can do as a company. This is about you genuinely helping customers. Like, understand this, and this is the reality. Neopi's business tagline is the step out app. If there's any company that's got completely rogered, it is us. Yeah. In addition to, of course, all other companies that are. And our business is down to, we are, yesterday we did business that we lasted in Feb of 2011. Wow. That's how yeah. far back we have gone. Yeah. yeah, yeah That's how it. far back we have gone. Right? It's, it's like literally going back nine years. So the team's like, what do we do? Like we, one is, of course, we wait it out. But two is, what do we begin to do? And the only answer is help people know about what is happening, comfort them, and tell them why you care. And yeah. do it consistently. Don't do it because a lockdown period hai or chala Do it as a matter of discipline now and forever. Whether it is talking about how the favorite restaurant of yours in Bombay is facing this adversity. Because would you want to know how, now, and let's say for people in, in Bangalore, would you want to know how Corner Shop, Corner Shop, is that the name of this famous uh, thing that Death by Chocolate was served yeah, by? Yeah. Something. The, a corner ice cream. Yeah. Uh, what, what yeah, yeah, yeah. Something. Yeah. yeah. Anupama says yes. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so I've heard a lot of people swear by death by chocolate. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And, may, and maybe people are like, you know, what is it that the owners of Corner Shop are doing right now? Like literally what is going on in their mind? Because they're shut. Everything is closed. Yeah. And, and maybe they don't even do Swiggy and Samato deliveries or whatnot. Would you want to hear the story? Like just literally a two minute bite on what the owner of Corner Shop is thinking about what is the owner of someone else thinking about? How are they thinking about their business? What is it that they've done? When was the last time they faced a similar crisis? How did they get out of it? Just stories, because that's what binds people. And, and you do it in an authentic fashion that is not about nearby is the best thing, blah, blah, blah. It's generally about here is something to fill up your time, your space, your mind, and something that you may appreciate. When you do that, you form a bond that surpasses any, anything that money can buy. And, yeah. and my strong recommendation would be Right now, if there's any form of marketing that should work and could work, it is content, content, content. Um, yeah, Marriott President's video, yeah. such a brilliant example. Like literally, just because of that, I can guarantee you the minute the world opens and people have to choose between Marriott and Starwood, they'll be like, fuck man. Like literally, Marriott it is. Because that guy had the courage to stand in front of the entire world, literally almost cry and 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 just share the grief with the entire world. And, and just for that, I I'm going to give them one more night than I yeah. would have otherwise. 
so uh, you know this is the time to display what is uh, what you know most of the founders in general marketers often miss out on is empathy right uh, uh, so, so for instance i mean the whole idea behind even starting this hurdle is to get founders to talk learn because uh, you know in these times you can you know as a founder like even our business you know so you know we we had a whole you know a very aggressive plan for 2020 everything is shut down <laughs> you know so uh, we are so say just today this morning i had a call with my team member and i was like you know we are basically starting from zero so what do you want to do yeah. tell me you know he has an option yeah. to go to canada for his uh, ms and all that and i'm like go if you if you can't go then this is it what do you want to do decide but uh, so talking about it uh, empathy is is often uh, you know not really discussed as a skill i would say you know it's a skill which can be learned and uh, which which is what uh, gets people to also uh, you know get connected with a brand because the brand it's the brand is not probably doing it just for some marketing dollars or just to grab attention but if it's genuine and honest empathy uh, it carries yeah. a lot of weightage yeah. but how do you teach empathy to people yeah i i i have a very unpopular opinion on this ashish ah. <laughs> it's i i genuinely believe empathy cannot be taught uh, and i know that i am not liked for that but i i just feel empathy is something that you either born with or not and if you don't have it it's it's far better for you to to continue being being an asshole than to put up a fake empathetic behavior on uh here is here is this interesting study that uh, that happened more 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 people are willing to work for a asshole but capable boss than a not so capable but empathetic boss yeah yeah uh, and and of course the best quadrant is your empathetic and your capable hmm but if for whatever reason you're not in that quadrant the next best quadrant for you to be in uh, will be that, that you are an asshole uh, and 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 you're capable yeah as against being on the other side so you'll have to mute sorry just just hold on i need so uh yeah but but here's here's how i think about this and and it's it's not meant to discourage people but it's mm. it's meant to le- leadership for me is not about you having all the traits of being a fine leader because that is almost impossible yeah. and and pretty hard to get leadership is you being able to create or carve out a team that has all the characters that you want from a true leader and then you being able to coordinate and to orchestrate that for the best decisions so if you're not empathetic for whatever mm. reason because you don't see it you don't feel it your job as a leader is to get that empathy and get them a seat on the table yeah and yeah. and whether that is uh, jeff bezos's way of saying there will be an empty chair always reflecting the customer because you know, I, i may be just too brutal to call it out or maybe it's someone else saying no we need women representation because we need gender to come in or someone else saying that no we need teenagers to be part of that conversation because that's a product or we need someone else to do that so on and so forth the leader's job is to ensure that the representation is there whether it is a trait whether it is a customer cohort whether it's a demographic um, and to orchestrate that in the best manner possible um, that's what true leaders are 
recognize very self-aware that this is what they have, this is what they don't have, and whatever it is that they don't have, get it and, and get it in a form that is, is top yep. class at least in the company. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, my my belief is that yeah, you know, you you can kind of teach what so so you know this so if you have read the book by Satya Nadella and you know he starts with this whole thought process that you know hey I don't give a fuck to empathy I need to you know uh, think very logically but over a period of time he realizes the value of it so I guess a lot of it comes through experiences when you get knocked yeah. down you know basically when you get knocked down and you know, brutally beat, beaten by the world in terms of your business, in terms of your sales efforts, all of that. Then you start realizing the value of things. Uh, what happens today in today's world is that a lot of companies are so well funded that uh, they don't need to really feel the, you know, pulse of the customer. Because, yeah. you know, I can run a TV ad. You know, why should I even, even actually run a content marketing program? Yeah. Right. So, so, so I, I, I guess a lot of it is a function of the founder and their belief in, you know, really understanding the pulse of the customer. I mean, Amazon today, yeah. even today, uh, they follow a process. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So true. Mayank had a good question and I'd like to answer that. So yeah. he, he represents a company which is in residential interiors, average ticket size is large, and they spend money on digital marketing, tank is high, very little repeat, understandably. Mm. So what do you suggest? And I think this is a great example, Mayank. If, if I were you, here's what I would do. I, I would create content around residential interiors in a way that I've never done before in this company. And, and here are two things that are happening. One, people are indoors and they have time, which means your customer is actually on the premise of where the action takes place and they're willing to engage. So it is not about creating the finest interiors possible and spending money on it. It is almost like the five minute tricks video that I have in my mind, which is what could you do for your dining table just this evening so that you could convert that into a romantic setup between yourself and your spouse? What could you do in your kid's room in just a day that could make them happy? What could you do in your washroom in less than, well, actually, you can't even step out, so I wouldn't say less than 500 up. But what could you do in your washroom with stuff from your kitchen that can make your washroom look very different from what it was? And, and come up with this kind of content. It requires very high level of creativity. It requires discipline. You may not get reaction and everything from day one itself, but it requires you to do it consistently. Your objective is when all of this is over and hopefully I'm praying that we will have a good Diwali and then people would, would finally come out and spend and so on and so forth. That is when you want everyone who's thinking of interiors to think of, you know what, in those hard times, it was Ferdo.com that gave me company on stuff that I could do without stepping out of my house, without spending a penny. And I loved the stuff that they did. I loved how they could engage with me in my language, in the way I spoke, not with a fucking accent not yeah, something yeah. that is not available in India. You're not talking about dishwashers with no one has. You're talking about fundamental stuff like bartan se, patile se, how can you make something that you may not have experienced otherwise. That'll be my suggestion. And it's a very, very different take from maybe what your founders will tell you or you know, your marketing spends because 
as, as Ashish pointed out, if you have the money, the easiest thing to do is not work hard and spend it on performance marketing. Uh, and, and that's what, that's what yeah. we do. Yep. Up, uh, I think there's another question. Um, yeah, so Nishan has a, uh, that's a hard question. Yeah. Residential home buying, where we are in the business of your estate, one of the biggest purchases in just makes sense. Like, that is, uh, that is tough, Nisha. I know. Slightly all This is really. <laughs> there are some <laughs> industries which are which are going to really really face. Uh, I don't even I don't even know what word it is. Uh, and it'll be honestly it'll be it'll be very very foolish of me to suggest anything to you right now. Uh, but if you are willing to at least consider it, again, my only recommendation is that if you are in the business of buying and selling real estate or helping people buy and sell real estate. It is one of the biggest decisions that people make. I have made it and I can tell you that despite being the top of the curve in terms of access to technology in my ecosystem, who I interact with and so on and so forth, it was an experience I nearly wasn't prepared for. I had no idea what paperwork, how do you get that loan, how do you make that broker agreement, what is an SHA, what is a tri-party, what is this, what is that. All of that I had to learn and I was shocked at how little I knew. So if you're in the business and you really feel that you want to be in this business for a long while, despite all the hardships that will come along, then my strong suggestion is help people make these purchases. Help people think through what is it that goes into buying and selling real estate. What are the things they need to keep in mind? What are the things they don't need to keep in mind? It's possible real estate will have massive arbitrage opportunities right now because a lot of people might be wanting to sell instead yeah. of continuing to pay their loans. You could tap into that market and speak to only investors who have money parked in their bank balance and are willing to look for exciting low priced assets. Go and talk about how do you find one? What is the right way to do that? Uh, but again, only if you are, if you're up for that long arduous yeah. <laughs> path that you yeah. decide upon. Yeah, I think coming back to the topic, you know, uh, so a lot of marketing in today's world. Uh, so, so, so yesterday we had a very good conversation with Karthik from Bloom, and he yeah. made a very interesting point that uh, you can't be seen as a sales guy or as a marketing guy anymore. You know, nobody would like to be marketed or sold anything at this point in time. So, yeah. so the only thing that you should be doing as a brand, as a company is basically being more relatable and more helpful, you know, uh, because, uh, you know, people at this point in time are in a very different mental model. The mental state is very, very different. So, so anybody who's trying to sell will always fall flat and you might end up blaming the situation, but to understand the pulse of the market, you need to really be relatable at this point in time, you know, which is where uh, some of the brands are like, for, for instance, say Mahindra's, you know, they have opened up the entire fact, you know, the entire setup for figuring out how do we make ventilators, right? Yeah. That is relatable. I would next, my next buy would be another XUV because I feel that, you know, they, they stood for the country, right? So, so it's more about doing that and less about, you know, just marketing or selling something. Yeah. So true, man. Absolutely, and and, and it's it's uh, it is it is rather unfortunate that we get so used to this entire marketing engine of yeah. send acquire a customer, 
put it into the CRM process, then a ping these many days, a ping with no purchase, and so on and so forth. It's uh, you you lose the authenticity, like you've become literally a, a robot who doesn't even understand emotions. Like the other day, and I wouldn't name the company, but it will be obvious when I say it. It's a shirt company, and and I got an email literally on the first day of the lockdown saying, you know, pick the shirt for this evening's plans. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like literally, no, someone, someone actually did not bother to go and stop all email campaigns, yeah. especially yeah. the ones that would be asking people to step out uh, this fine day. Like literally, how lazy is, is an entire company? Um, and uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, man. It's, uh, it, it is, it is what it is. Uh, uh, let's continue with the content marketing bit, uh, yeah. you know, and let's take up uh, questions in, in a while. Uh, so how do you, let's say as a founder, uh, how does one even go about creating a personal brand? Uh, do you uh, pick up a topic or, you know, uh, or an area where you are an expert in, but not sure whether people are going to really care about that area or not? So how do you even go about creating a personal brand, in, you know, uh, uh, which reaches out to a certain mass audience? Yeah. So, so that's where things are a little tricky, Ashish, because you, of course, would want to pick something that you're an expert at, but it, it wouldn't matter if the intersection of what you're good at uh, is not very high with what people want. Um, it, there has to be a strong interaction. And, and that's why you may have to, pick up something that you're not so good at, but people care about a lot more. Um, and, and that, that needs to be found. Um, I don't think there is any science behind it. It's more a trial and error. It's more getting to ship content out. It's like a product, right? You, you've built a product. How did you know which product would work on day one or not? You yeah. did. You, you came up with an MVP, you tested it out. You, you did an alpha and a beta, uh, and then you figured what, what's working, what's not working. Maybe even did a pivot. And that's nothing's different from in, in a marketing line of thought as well, yeah. where you'll ship out content, um, which will be MVP, which will be fair and tested. You won't invest in, oh my God, this HD resolution and this right light lighting and so on and so forth. You literally start jamming and, and jamming together. Um, and you ship that out, you see the reaction, you, you engage with the audience in an authentic manner, and then you continue shipping on a regular basis so as to get the pulse of what's working and whatnot. Um, I, I find wherever people pick up topics where they're not an expert, they, mm. they come across more like anchors rather yeah. than, or more like actors and anchors rather than the theater personality that needs to be, um, which is why it's very important that, uh, that you, you choose an area which, which you're good at. Yep, yep. So, so there are a couple of questions. Uh, let's take up some of these. Uh, Siddharth has a very interesting question on uh, what is your advice to startups looking to extend runway by salary cuts or layoffs? Uh, man, it's uh, look, we nearby has had two layoffs in two years, and it was devastating when we did that for the first time. I I was so heartbroken. I felt like a complete failure. I failed. I, I literally felt I'd let everyone down, my own self included. It was extremely hard. Very, very, very testing times. Mm. Um, but it was necessary. 
right? It, it, it was, I go back to, uh, I don't know if you watch Interstellar, it's one of my favorite movies. There's this one scene where it says, but this is impossible. And the, the guy who's the main character says, uh, it is impossible, but it is necessary. Yeah. And, 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 and that's what the question is for you. There is no doubt you'll have to increase runway. Like I, I have maybe I've read so much about the coronavirus that I, being an irrational optimist, I, I have not very fun predictions about what's going to happen. Um, I am, I'm not positive. Uh, and I would then say any startup ought to have between nine to 12 months of runway. It's likely you're not in that spot. It's likely you do not have that cash. And the question then is twofold. One is, can you cut costs to get to that, which may mean layoffs, which may mean, which not may, which has to mean cutting down all discretionary spends, anything that is even remotely luxury, anything that was a moonshot has to be closed down. Anything that was a, let's try this and see where it goes has to be shot down. Yeah. Anything that is non-revenue generating has to be shot down. Any experiment, any pilot that you were doing has to be shot down. Any new expansion and growth has to be shot down. This is fucking survival. This is literally survival mode. So don't care about, hey, what's going to happen after six months when the market's back and we won't be ready? No one will be ready. Only people who survive the next six to nine months are the ones who are going to be ready. There is no readiness that people are going for. The war chest that you think about is there with literally five or six companies, but they're in a different trajectory altogether. Yeah. Most of us are fighting it in a completely different orbit. So layoff should be, of course, the last thing you consider. And I'm sure you're thinking about that that way. If it has to come to that, the only thing that I would ever say is if you're taking someone's job, don't take away their respect. That is it. If you're taking someone's job, just don't take away their respect. They have to be done with the absolute highest level of respect. And it's harder right now because you're not going to be in person. Every layoff that I have done at nearby, and it's more than 120 people over two layoffs. I made it a point that if it was not me personally communicating, it was their direct manager doing that in person. No email, no phone call, no chat in person. And that is the only way that you do it. If yeah. you can and you can afford it, give a severance. It is not going to be easy finding them, uh, them finding a job. So help them do whatever they can. If you can't help them find a job, make all the calls that you can, put in all the connects that you can. Go out publicly and admit that you are laying off people and this is a great set of talent that you're letting go and invite people to look at this talent. I can guarantee you there are people who are still hiring. I can name at least three startups right now that are actually looking for acquisitions. Forget yeah. hiring because they have money, they have the runway and they of course have the courage. So if you are in that spot, you have to deal it with respect. And if you do that, just help them with whatever possible you can. But do remember, and this is the hardest realization I had as a founder, your first and foremost fiduciary responsibility is towards the company. And if for that you have to kill your own self, so be it. But you have to protect the company from whatever can happen. Um, if you can, and Chirag is the point, if you can uh, offer them to stay with the company without pay or with lesser pay, great. You are awesome. Like That's the best mark of a leader. 
do recognize that they may take it grudgingly because they don't have any other options and if the option does emerge they might just switch but don't take that personally that's something that you should understand even you would do if you were in their spot but if you can extend the runway of your employees with you by offering them cuts which they accept i would say absolutely do that yeah so so there's an interesting question by bhomik uh, why content strategy is, is not prioritized in many startups simple reason man it's hard it's slow and it is not quantifiable and anything that's hard that's slow and not quantifiable does not appeal to most people who would have raised money or who are the engineering mindset of zero and one nothing against engineers um or who are always looking at iska kitna percentage 19.67% roi um this is this is this is fuzzy magic this is this is fuzzy logic and and it requires a very different dna to to do that like look at zomato there is today i can guarantee that there is very little evidence to suggest that zomato continues to grow because of its marketing spends as against the brand that it has built on content now of course it's very easy to say of the spending so much and discount are you over are but forget that my question is and and i know dipendran and harsha both well so i can make this comment Swiggy is possibly a great operations company. It is the best that the country has in food delivery. The question is, why would people still go to Zomato? Like that's my question. Why do people yeah. even go to Zomato for food delivery when Swiggy is clearly the better alternative? And I like to believe it's because there's something that they feel about Zomato emotionally that they can't quantify, and that gets them to go back. it's the way that they approach things it's the way that they are always ready with what they will have to go through it may be over the top it may be always chest thumping and whatever but it works for them that's yeah. their dna that's their personality and they're proud of that so they are not shy of talking yeah. about it i mean so uh, i i'd say yeah yeah so so i mean again as i mean since i know zomato's figi quite well uh, i i mean I, i would also add to it someone's sharing their screen with oh. a password man and bank account and bank account details as well please i love it okay sorry okay we're back uh yeah so uh, that's okay yeah uh, <laughs> so you you so you know them well yeah uh so with the zomato i think what what happens is that it it feels very human you know uh swiggy is obviously a great product and tech driven company Zomato is human. Uh, Dipinder, I've known him for so many years. Uh, I mean, he 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 is a guy who who is who is always speaking from his heart. You know, uh, he always. he's not he's not a corporate guy. He's not the guy who will use the corporate buzzwords. You know, okay. and and it shows up. So so I believe the whole point that you know content marketing and marketing in general, I believe it's a function of the leadership DNA. Uh, in many companies. Uh, Uh, founders prefer to outsource it to the growth team and they they take a very algorithmic approach to it and in many companies when a founders who are uh, very different who believe in content marketing they take a very long term approach to it yeah exactly and exactly. Uh, my, my, and frankly speaking the way i look at it is that you know if you leave it to the growth and marketing team it will always be very transactional all the marketing will be transactional because that is what their kras are all about okay. you know uh, like hubspot 
to me is one of the largest content marketing firms out there you know uh, bloody you search for any sales or marketing related query you know hubspot is always the top block you know and they have created great content it's not that the content is cheap so so i i i believe it's a, it's a function of how the founders have looked at it because dharmesh was also running inbound.org you know so he knows the value of content marketing so uh, so i think let's uh, let's take up a couple of more questions and then we'll uh, wrap it up uh, so how do e-commerce sellers get over this crisis the complete business is down all marketplaces are down what would you recommend so being- so look yeah uh, and priyanch the um, he, he, here is how you have to look at problems one is what i would call a structural problem and one is a systematic problem um, a, a, a structural problem is what we are experiencing right now which is there is a lockdown and because of the lockdown there will be businesses that cannot function rightfully so uh, but it's temporary it's it's by definition going to get past at a certain point of time we don't know yet when but it will it's it's an eventuality that the world will open up and we will step out of our homes systematic problems are the ones that because of corona what is going to happen to the world yeah. like what is the post corona world going to look like public spaces are going to have a completely different meaning from now on working from offices is going to have a very different meaning from now on going to restaurants going to spa salons movie halls malls even sending your kids to school traveling in a metro to go to work or in a shuttle i are there more people who are going to take a uber or da da da, da. Uh, those are deeper questions to us so if you have the luxury and uh, i don't mean to come from a point of privilege but still making this point if you have the luxury of withstanding the structural problem right now which is just say a few months start thinking about the systematic problem that's going to happen yeah and for e-commerce clearly my feeling is it is going to become a default like never before it is going to be a default where right now what are people doing they are experiencing e-commerce for the first time they are experiencing food delivery for the first time they are experiencing content consumption for the first time like i yesterday i was on a call with uh, several entrepreneurs and then one of them was karan bedi who is the ceo of mx player yeah. now mx player is is slightly lower in the order in terms of the audience it caters to so i i didn't even know that most of the mx player content is not streamed it is consumed from sd cards hmm. which tier 2 tier 3 cities go to a recharge wala dukan and say is sd card pe ye episode upload kar do yeah yeah and then they insert it and he's saying now that the shops are closed for the first time we're seeing a shift from sd card to streaming and because of mukesh ambani making jio all possible yeah. and free and blah 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 imagine there are people who are now streaming content for the first time in their lives and we thought that was a natural default like that is crazy so a lot of the world is going to shift and shift how is where i would encourage you to think about it ye jo short term hai if you have the luxury of withstanding it by whatever cuts and being tight uh, let it pass like focus on product development focus on getting the right product out focus on 
wherever your chinks were that you never had the time to fix but now have the time to just get that in place and once all of this is over you know, hopefully we will come back yeah and i mean uh, the way i look at it is that you know uh, so there was a wave of startups where we were more of aggregators you know so there was a wave which came of creators which didn't really work out well in india then the aggregators came which worked out because there was a lot of inefficiency in the market now uh, there are no creators if you look at it fundamentally a lot of restaurants will shut down a lot of uh, you know so so there's nothing left to aggregate so post covid world it's going to be a world of creators you know yeah. so so essentially but but the creation process will change you know maybe cloud kitchens will take over and you'll say you know uh, i don't want like you said you know public spaces are going to be tough Correct. so uh, maybe cloud kitchens will be a bigger play than you know just the restaurants right so so you, we don't know cool so i think there's uh, uh if you talk about schools as kids uh Sorry, I'm not able to understand the question from uh, Akshri. Uh, If we talk about schools as kids are at home, as as kids are at home, what is the best we can do? Okay, so it's yeah. all about schools. When yeah, kids are so, at home, what's the best we can do? Uh, so it's a slightly harder question to answer because you mentioned that the school is lower income category, and yeah. I don't think I will be the right person to speak about that at all. Uh, not because i'm not low income my kafi garibu but because i don't understand that that side uh, but we would and this was funny enough we were discussing this yesterday uh, my founders and i and, and here's what we thought and it's possible right now at least our kids and and maybe most of yours they're they're going through their school routine online so mm-hmm. it's possible like the the school routine uh, Our, our son is following right now is at the at the start of the day the teacher sends some assignments over the day uh, and he has to do it there is some video that she has uploaded she's directing them to youtube yeah 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 whatever so she's conducting a class but without being in a class and and yeah. he goes through the assignments and then he has to upload the assignments and then they are checked and get there and it's amazing how like he's in his second week now of doing this he diligently goes to the room at 10 a.m. takes my ipad starts working on this steps out at one and his day is over and he's now got so habituated to it that you know he's he's in the zone he's he's committed to it he's disciplined about it so we were discussing what if this is the school now what if we never go back to a normal school and then the purpose of school will only be for that occasional sports or getting together and so on and then what if there is a business for a viewer for schools so imagine there's a school building that is renting its premises out to different schools at different spots yeah. because kids from that school are going to come and have a sports event or kids from the school are going to come and have a parent teacher meeting or kids from that school are going to come and and do something else maybe a picnic so schools are not going to be used on a regular basis they're going to be rented out for specific social activities while most of the kids will just be interacting online Yeah. Who knows, man? Who knows? So, as I said, could be anything. Cool. So let's take one last question. Um, uh, so Hardik has a pretty interesting question on what type of content can help a BD guy for a mobility company like a shuttle or Uber yeah, in these times. <laughs> oh man, I 
it's it's so tough here, especially for shuttle. Like I, I feel I feel yeah. so bad for for them. They were kick ass in their operations, finally getting there, and now all shit has broken loose. Um, I, I I I genuinely can't think of anything except, and this may sound like a foolish idea, and it's of course not thought through, is instead of trying to suggest that this is who you are, this is why you exist. If I were shuttle, I would say as much as we would like you to, we don't want you to step out. As much as we would love you to be back in our buses, don't. As much as we would love to have you back, we're so happy that you're not. Play that reverse psychology role. Make content out, which is, if I were, if I were Shuttle, I, and if I were Amit, who's the founder and CEO of Shuttle, I would literally put up YouTube videos about what is happening in the Shuttle teams right now. How are they keeping themselves busy? What are they really doing? What are they thinking about? And it's all for that grand one day when we're ready to post you back. So it's almost like all of us are preparing now, not for saving our jobs or anything, well, some of them could be, but we're actually praying for that day when all of you are back. But right now, we're just so happy that you're not working with us, that you're not giving us business, that you're not. And in that way, you, you making yourself heard in an empathetic fashion. And you are displaying empathy to the user, not by saying, oh, you have to go use us, but it's almost like, uh, we're just so happy you're not using us because we're not the right thing for you right now. Yeah, and, and this is it's, the time. Yeah, sorry, sorry I, I was making a, a funny statement. Some of you may, may relate to this, but it's like when, when you're breaking up and if someone says, you know, I am breaking up because I'm not the right person for you, that just makes you harder for you to break up. It's like, what did you just say? Like, I was expecting you to shout yeah. at me, blame me, uh, abuse me, accuse me. But now you're like, you know what? I, I'm breaking up because I'm not right for you. Like, what, what does that mean? Now you're messing up with my mind. That's exactly what you want to do. You're, you're literally saying, we're just so happy that you're not working with us right now because that is going to make them fall in love with you. Yeah. You know, and, and this is a time for a lot of companies to build, you know, capabilities in the team to basically yes. work on the roadmap, which they have been sitting on for almost like six months to one day, you know, exactly. it could be as simple exactly. as re-architecting re the entire code base, which we have been delaying, you know, but now is the time to do it, right? Yeah, uh, so I, I, was, I was telling this to the team, this is the time when you should be picking up your P3s. Exactly. This is the time when you should be picking up your P2s. Like, Zindagi bhar se, kisi bhi sprint pe P3 tak hum kabhi pahunche hi nahi. P3 to lucky. Koi bhi sprint ho. P1 ki beyond hi hum ja paaye hain. Like this is the time you have to pick up your P2s, P3s. Because they they were never picked up. And they will never ever get picked up again. Yeah, and basically create your hackathons, all of that, right? You know, so do an internal hackathon, design hackathon, blah, blah, right? So, so yeah, I think that's, that's a good, you know, one hour spent with you. <laughs> uh, sorry for yeah, all the confusion. Yeah, sorry for all the confusion in the in, in the beginning. But I, I guess Murphy has to strike somewhere. So you know we, we had that issue. But yeah, good good to uh, connect with you, Ankur. And uh, uh, we'll be definitely uploading this on our podcast as well as YouTube channel. So sounds good, man. All the best, everyone. Stay safe. Stay indoors. And uh, take care. Yep.
All right, see you guys. Bye.